This town is filled with the stink of pagans, heretics, and demons, the bald red hand prophet preached. Dunsmuir stood among the crowd of onlookers, his hammer at his belt. The first night after that day in the grove, the red hand were polite, jovial even. They purchased Clyenda Rusk's hostel for what was rumored to be a hefty sum. Clyenda left to return to Kalendor and show all them in the bog that old Clyenda can make something of herself. The red hand turned the hostel into a church of sorts, if you could call it that. Dunsmuir felt a burning in his belly over the next few weeks every time he passed the building. It was more distressing when people stopped worshipping at the altar of St. Allegius and went to that blasphemous temple. The tension in the crowd was palpable, and Dunsmuir was glad that Charlour was back at the orphanage. She and a few of the other brothers and sisters were with the children, safely locked in the cathedral. Bloodshed wasn't certain, but the Red Hand were an unpredictable sect of heretics. Dunsmuir came across the burnt and broken bodies of their victims on his travels. The cult was a loaded trap, ready to spring. Thanos has been betrayed here in Thalmer, and his wrath has come to us all. The demons came from the western wildland, did they not? Sent from the great beyond to punish us for idolatry. Our worship of people, these saints as they're called, they are nothing but false gods. Theos has driven the pagans and their spawn to us to tell us that if we wish to turn away from them, he will open the door to the earth worshippers and paganism. The cheers and grumbles of agreement made Dunsmuir's stomach turn. And by whom were these demons brought? The druids? The pagans? Those who commune with evil on a daily basis? Who are deceived by those demons into believing they are worshipping something holy? Do you not see? By opening our doors to these demon worshippers, Tobias pointed to the tall willow where the druids were standing, watching in defensive terror from a distance. Opening our doors to idolatry. Tobias pointed directly at Dunsmere. We have invited these demons to us. The cheers and grumbles of agreement were growing louder. Why, when we arrived, those demons were killing a member of the church. Clearly, Theos has abandoned the so-called divine institution. There were boos from the crowd. Not many. Although the throng around Dunsmuir threw him hate-filled stares. Dunsmuir tightened his grip on his sword hilt. The crowd around him was growing hot. His own rage was rising. These people were angry with the church? Did they not know that this whole town only existed because the Order of St. Allegius wanted to build an orphanage on the edge of society? Did they not know that a chest of gold came from the Grand Abbot himself to this town each and every year? Don't be fooled, my fellow children of Theos. It is not I that saved that man right there, this Brother Dunsmere. It was Theos himself who guided my flock to that site where that poor man right there, a man of St. Allegius, not Theos. More booze from the crowd. But this follower of St. Allegius was almost killed 
It was only when Theo spoke directly to one of his children, Tobias pointed to his own chest, that I was able to utter Theo's words and slay that demonic beast. That is the only reason that man of the church stands with us today. Dunsmere's rage doubled, filling his belly. A tightness gripped his heart as it pounded under his chest bone. All right. Baldo's voice boomed over the crowd. That's enough for today. Thank you very much there, Prophet. That's enough religion for today, though. Tobias turned toward the crowd, his arms up, cruciform. Do you not see the corruption that the church brings? Now the word of Theos cannot be spoken in public. Truth makes the evil one quake. They quake with fear that they will be discovered. They quake with fear that you discover their true gods are the same demons those pagans worship. Baldo and two orc town guards forced their way through the crowd and up onto the dais. That's enough, I said. Dunsmere was always shocked at Baldo's ability to command a crowd. For a small creature, he had the presence of a leader the size of a hill giant. There were some boos that greeted the dwarf captain, but most cries died off. Now, don't mind you coming to town and preaching your word, Baldo said directly to Tobias. But the volume of his voice made it clear that this speech was for everyone. And I don't have a problem with you hating the druids. I do have a problem with you coming here and getting all these good people angry at the druids. Talk such as a peaceful town. Or Ponder Thalmer, and Thalmer allows all religions. It's not a religion. It's demon worship. A cult, Tobias yelled. The crowd roared again in approval. These cries from the town surprised Dunsmere. As Baldo spoke, the heat from the crowd dwindled. As soon as Tobias spoke, he flared up again. The tension now boiled more than before Baldo arrived. Baldo stepped back, shocked, reeling from the crowd's response. The two orc guards raised their morning stars, showing their willingness to use it on the people. The crowd's cries rose in response. Food and stones were hurled at the stage intended for Baldo and the guards. They missed their targets, but the stones were clearly thrown with the intent to damage, if not kill. Dunsmere felt the divine rage boiling in his belly. He told the town when the Red Hand first arrived that the group was not to be trusted. Once they started preaching their hatred of the druids, Dunsmere stood before the town council and demanded they be thrown out. The demons have hindered our trade. Our food stores are limited due to the early snow, he said. And the Red Hand brought more mouths. You were so excited they would bring coin. Well, they brought coin. And then they stayed. Now we have less food, but plenty of coin. If only people could eat coin. Townsfolk are getting hungry. When people get hungry, they look for someone to blame. This hate the Red Hand is stirring up will direct the rage, and a number of innocent people will be hurt. It will be your fault for letting this vile presence into our community. When preparing for that speech, Charlure told him not to throw it in the council's face, that they were the cause of the problem. The divine rage rose in him as he spoke and took over his mouth. It was St. Legis directed that he speak the truth. The Stonewall response he received from the council did make him question whether or not his own ego was speaking for him. Even Annabella looked at him with contempt, which was something he couldn't understand. Yes, she was a merchant, but surely she still knew right from wrong. 
What are you asking, paladin? Mayorfellow said. His jowls jiggled. His face looked like a ripe tomato. Are you suggesting we throw out these people? This sounds like sour grapes. I know that many have left your temple for theirs. It must sting your ego, but this is not a matter for the town. You have not heard what I have... Fellow smashed his gavel. I move to dismiss this item. All in favor? It was unanimous in favor. The crowd and the speech today were the response to Dunsmere's demand of the council. The townsfolk moved toward the dais like a wall of ravenous wolverines. Baldo and the two guards made their way to step off the dais. The Red Hand acolytes were on either side, not allowing the city guard through. The city guardsmen and their captain were trapped. We must not succumb to tyranny, Prophet Tobias howled. The crowds roared and grabbed the orc guards. The guards swung their morning stars. Then the crowd had them. Baldo retreated to the back of the dais. Prophet Tobias stood by, cheering while the crowd began to do his bidding. We must not allow the pagans to reside here, the prophet demanded. The cries of the crowd drowned out the screams of pain from the two orc guards. Baldo swung his mace with erratic ferocity, preventing the mob from brutalizing him in the same fashion. He would not last long. Dunsmere's warhammer swung into the crowd before the paladin realized what happened. The divine raged through him. The threat to his brother overcame all sense and reason. The majority of the crowd made its way toward the willow and the redleaf druids following Tobias' commands. Dunsmere cleared the mob off one of the orc guards. The guard's armor was ripped off his body. His tusks were broken and his right eye was the size of an apple. Blood covered the guard's pig-snouted face. But at least he was alive. The other orc's body bounced lifelessly off the ground as the violence continued. The living guard hobbled toward the guardhouse. Dunsmere pushed his way up to the dais. Prophet Tobias stood over Baldo with a knife in hand. The divine rage transformed to divine glee as Dunsmere's warhammer cracked the side of Prophet Tobias' face. The prophet slammed into the wooden dais. Blood pooled around Tobias' head in a violent halo. He's killed Tobias! Someone from the crowd screamed. Some of the stragglers who hadn't made it to the willow tree charged the stage. I appreciate the assistance, Dunny, Baldo said. Though it may have been better if you didn't make everything infinitely worse. He would have killed you, Dunsmere yelled. Baldo was taken aback. I appreciate it, Dunsey. Just trying to allow a little levity into what is surely our doom. Dunsmere forced a laugh. The crowd clawed at him like desperate beggars. He swung his hammer toward them to clear a path. The mob screamed at him. Faces he knew, faces of people he cared for, stared at him with ravenous anger. It was as though there was a demonic presence inhabiting the people of Tuck's Edge. There was no demon, just people. Hungry, angry people. Tobias pushed himself off the wooden floor. He grunted, his muscles shook beneath his robes. Dunsmere raised his warhammer, ready to plummet it down on the prophet's head. This red hand prophet would die. Dunsmere would drive them from Tuck's edge. Theos will. Dragon! Someone screamed. This was followed by more cries confirming the sighting. Through the light snow, flying far above Tuck's Edge was a black dragon. 
The beast circled like a vulture over a carcass. The cries of the mob died down. All of Tuck's Edge held its breath. Birds erupted from the trees surrounding the town. Drum beats underscored the avian screeches. Voices accompanied the beats. Tot, tot, Taroban comes. Thumsmere figured there were a few hundred demons from the volume of their chanting. Horns blared from the guard gates. Close the gates, a guard cried from the town wall. People scattered throughout the town. Some ran home, some dove behind the first item large enough to hide behind. All forgot what brought them to the town square. All but Dunsmere, Baldo, and the Red Hand. You heretical bastards, Tobias said. A blood-bathed hand covered the exposed bone of the prophet's cheek. Bright energy emanated from him as he chanted in an incantation. His concave cheek reformed and his skin melted together, smooth, with a fresh sheen glinting off the torches around the dais. Ember's dry goods exploded as a stream of acid erupted from the dragon's maw. The wood shards of the house sizzled as the acid devoured its way into the beams. Screams from those who hid in the store pierced the musical firmament of the demon's rhythmic drumming and chanting. The dark snow clouds consumed Dunsmere's visions as he flew through the air. Thrown by the force of the dragon's acidic breath, stars burst forth from the snow clouds as the back of his head smashed into the stone foundation of a building. He was on his back, gasping for breath. He must have passed out. He couldn't breathe through his nose. It was filled with something. Blood. He was drowning in his own blood. Dunsmere felt his body again. He sat up. His hand made the sign of Theos as he prayed for healing. Divine power flowed through him. His nostrils took in a deep breath. He was still shaky on his feet when he stood. The blood stopped its flow and he could stand, but it was by no means fully rested and restored. Without his armor, he wouldn't be any good if that dragon attacked again. Running as best he could, Dunsmere started toward the temple. Brother Dunsmere, Tobias screamed. Dunsmere stopped. Realization washed over him. Look what you forgot, heretic. He turned to see Tobias standing over a bloodied baldo. The dwarf's beard was in Tobias' right hand. With his left hand, the prophet held a razor. Shards of wooden beams pierced the captain of the guard. Divine rage exploded in Dunsmere. Duny, Baldo yelled. Tell Annabelle. Tobias slit Baldo's throat. Dunsmere watched as his brother died before he could even honor his wife with his dying breath. Dunsmere was no longer in control of his own body. Divine rage now owned his every action. Dunsmere was regulated to a detached spectator. Forgetting his armor, the paladin charged toward Tobias. The street he ran through was chaos. People ran for cover. Townspeople fought the Red Leaf Grove Druids. Screams of townsfolk injured from the dragon attack and the melee around the willow tree. Dunsmere screamed himself as he pushed off his back foot, thrusting into Tobias. Weapons ready to unleash death. He soared between the Red Hand acolytes toward their prophet. Dunsmere was a hawk bringing death to its prey. His right arm snapped the warhammer down. A smile leapt to the paladin's lips as Tobias' collarbone cracked. Muscles tensed with anticipation of the impact of their two bodies colliding. Dunsmere wanted to vomit as an acolyte's quarterstaff stopped him in mid-leap. 
Then they were on him. Four, maybe five. The cold earth had little give as Boots smashed his face into the ground. Bones popped, then broke under the blows of multiple quarterstaffs. When the blades entered his back, the paladin knew his time was short. This was not how he wanted to go. A death locked in battle with heretics would have been the greatest honor he could envision once. He lost that desire along the way. Tuxedge was his home, a place he had roots. He had family. Gherkin, Alice, Garling Bear, the other children, and of course, Mother Charlure. Saint Legis, he threw his head to the sky. Theos, I beg you, protect me. As if in response, the beating stopped. Screams filled the air, the sound of divine magic, and the cry of a holy warhorse. From his knees, he turned his head. There were his saviors. Mother Charlure, dressed in glistening armor of a priest of St. Allegis. Her warhammer was covered in thick chunks of brain matter. Snow landed on her green skin under her perfect lashes. I love you, he said. She was on him in a split second. I love you too, Baldo. Charlure gave him a smile with enough sadness to confirm what he knew. Angry whistles announced the demon's arrows as they cascaded over the town wall like a black waterfall. One hit him. He heard it. Some part of him felt it in his hips. Once again, he became a detached spectator, watching himself scream in pain. One of the thick black arrows pierced into Mother Charlure's chest. She screamed, broke off the arrow shaft so it wouldn't catch and tear. Within a blink, as if she had no wound, Mother Charlure lifted him into her powerful arms. Dunsmere didn't remember much after that. Just flashes. He heard himself screaming from the back of Valiant. At one point, he tried to reassure Kirkin that everything was fine. Really, really good. Then he was embarrassed as blood dripped off the tip of his nose and onto the stone floor. He must have been over Mother Shalur's shoulder when he said that. It was the only thing that explained the angle of Kirkin's face and his memory. A knife was removed from the palm of his hand. When did he have a knife through his hand? How could he have not known that? Then it was black. They were praying over him, Mother Charlure and the others. He could feel the divine power over his body, mending him, making him whole again. He was better. After just a small healing with divine power, the tingling would last for hours. How long would he vibrate after this massive healing? Dunsmere, Mother Charlure said. Her hug was tight. They kissed with such intensity that it left his mouth sore. How many days was I out? Charlure laughed. Days? No, it's only been maybe an hour since I dragged you in here. He was shocked. It felt like days. Maybe even a week since he passed out. I need my armor. Please wear it. I don't have enough energy to heal you, she said. She said it with a smile, as if to take the sting out of the gravity of the situation. Her eyes spoke of exhaustion. The other brothers and sisters running throughout the makeshift hospital in the cathedral possessed the same look. You didn't exhaust yourself on me, did you? We have so many others who will need your care. We need you to be in top shape, Brother Protector. I need you in top shape. She strapped him into his armor. Her familiar touch brought back memories of their youth, their time on the road. The two of them and Baldo. Baldo, 
he whispered. Rage filled his belly again. Tobias, he almost yelled. Mother Charlore hugged him from behind. Hey, don't lose your head just yet. Baldo. She sniffed back tears. Yes, Baldo. They held each other, crying for their brother and friend. Brother Dunsmere, heard you made it. Happy to see that even in this time of chaos, the, the rumor mill runs smoothly. Tapper came through the rows of beds in the cathedral. St. Eligius, like all churches of Theos, was prepared to become a hospital in times of great trouble. There were only a few townspeople and druids in the beds. It was unclear whether the melee with the dragon was the cause of this particular carnage. A smoke ring floated out of Tapper's pipe, creating a gray halo of the goblin's head. What are you doing here, Tapper? I'm thrilled to see you, but I thought you would be an Ephelware. That was my plan. I appreciate the thrill to see me part by the way. But then I started thinking that if I want to get a merchant's license at Tuck's Edge, I might as well come back here to show my support for the town. Really? Yes. Also, I, I was hoping the Red Hand would have moved on at this point in the year. A bit disappointed to see, and I mean no disrespect to you, that they're still here. Of course, the dragon and the demon army make that sort of a moot point at this moment right now. Was it, though? Tobias' head on a pike seemed like the most important thing in the world to Dunsmere. He prayed for inner peace. Now was not the time to run on pure rage and vengeance. Their problems had to be viewed from a non-emotional place, he told himself. Dunsmere did not think that would be possible. Where is Tobias now? he asked. They're holed up in their church. But I don't really think that they are, and I thought this was obvious, as big of a concern as that big black dragon destroying the town right now. Heretics are always of chief concern, Mother Charlure said. The heat reading off her comment brought a smile to Dunsmere's lips. They are a disease which no magic can heal. Once they spread, they consume all they infest. Hey, all I can say, and I mean this sincerely, is Theos bless us, everyone. Right? Tapper then attempted to make the sign of Theos. The paladin and the cleric centered their stares on the goblin. What? Why Why would you say that? Mother Charlure asked. I don't know. I didn't know what to say, and you're both big, and I mean this in the nicest possible way. Scary people. I know you like Theos a lot. I mean, come on, who doesn't? So I hope he blesses us, is all I was saying. The goblin wilted under their gaze. Dunsmere and Mother Charlure broke out in laughter. It was a hollow attempt to mask the darkness which consumed the town. Thanks for listening to What Happened at Tuck's Edge, Part 3. Dunsmere, created by Benjamin Floyd. Written, produced, and edited by Alexander Floyd. Music from filmmusic.io. Cinematic Suspense, Series Episode 4 by Sasha End. Colossus, Grave Below, Volatile Reaction, Welcome to Horrorland, Virtutis Instrumenti, and Our Story Begins All by Kevin McLeod and Copitech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 Licenses, creativecommons.org, forward slash licenses, forward slash buy, forward slash 4.0.